0: This episode is brought to you by Blueprint Renovate Program, the program designed to create space in your firm to cultivate mindset change through what you do every day. Visit blueprinthq.com.au slash contact to start the conversation. Welcome to Conversations with Sam Dean. I'm Sam Dean and I'm excited to have you here to explore the conversations that accountants and advisors can have with their clients to cultivate business mastery. All the notes and links for the show can be found at blueprinthq.com.au slash podcast. Let's start a conversation. Okay, well, welcome back, everybody. Um, I hope you've had a fantastic week and things are settling down for you a little bit more. As I said last week, we're really working on um, some of the efficiency pieces, and I find that one of the key areas that we struggle with from an efficiency point of view is actually trying to do everything ourselves. So one of the main areas I think really demonstrate this is around us, you know, trying to do everything around the bookkeeping and data management area of our firms. So what I thought I would do is get an expert in, um, Damien Scadella uh, from Square Penny. I had the um, a pleasure of meeting Damien just before everything actually went a bit pear shaped. We met at a conference, which was the last conference that I did, and I travelled for um, before COVID hit us and hit us hard. And Damien has, for 10 years, he and his team have developed a outsourced finance department um, that typically is an on-site m- model at the client's work place so Damien has and his team which now stands at about 25 their focus has been working with business owners and internal staff to improve the efficiency of their financial administration and this allows for better quality information to be produced which effectively will help the business to make well thought out business decisions So I think it's super important um, particularly right now Squarepenny operates in various industries with no specialisations. Um, they're software agnostic, as they believe the process of financial management is across all software. So, Damien, can I give you that was a bit of a formal introduction there? Can I just ask you to explain your business and um, talk about yourself, and then what you think you're the main product of the business is, and around you know that we would traditionally call bookkeeping, but I know you've got a slightly different view. So, take it away. Thanks, Sam, for having me today. It's,
1: uh, it's actually a pleasure to um, be able to talk about uh, what we do and, and, and our services. Look, as you said, we've been around for 10 years. Our model is certainly an outsourced finance department. We have 25 staff, uh, and they are all working mums. They're either seasoned accounting professionals or bookkeepers with 10 to 15 years experience. Uh, they both go on-site on to the client work site, or also do work remotely from uh, from home or or, or, our, or our office. I guess uh, for us, bookkeeping is traditionally an after the fact event, but I would like to call what we do is an outsourced finance department, really focused around financial administration, which really encompasses uh, a, number, a number of areas. It's not just recording stuff, it's uh, also looking at the efficiency and making things easier to do and then be able to provide that, provide that information to the client so they can actually do something something with the information. In the past, you know, we've been compared to being a bookkeeper because it's, just, it's just the easiest thing um, to compare us to. Uh, one of our focuses is really centred around proactive in the, in the here and the now, don't come in three months later after, the, after all the transactions and after the, um, the ship has sailed. Be proactive and, and actually work with the work with the business owner to give them the information they need. Because we all want the, the better the better quality of information we have, the better quality decision making we can actually make each and every each and every time. So without information, how do you make it? how do you make a decision? So that's really what we've been trying to push our clients our clients to do, and we've been you know, I like to think we've been successful at doing that, which is then help them. Uh, do the basic things like sleep at night, not have to worry about where their cash position is, not have to worry about, oh, have I have I invoiced this or have I paid for that, and not being exposed to um, to any risk in their business from a financial administration uh, point of view.
0: Fantastic. Um, yeah. I'd like to drill down a couple of those things that you just said. Um, when we work with firms in particular, I think one of the, one of the th- curious things that I find a lot of people say is accountants in particular say is that we haven't seen this shift or the digitalization of our clients because I think sometimes the information is being still really old school in thought so we if if a mistake made um, we fix it up at end of year rather than this constant correct me if I'm wrong but you're really talking about on-time data and we haven't, you know, we we haven't seen. I don't think the digitalization disruption that everyone, and I know I have particularly for the last ten or fifteen years, because of that fact, is because we're still, you know, a lot of our clients are still in the mindset of well, I'll just fix it up at the end of the year, rather than this exactly what you were just talking about now. And then in the efficiency piece, when we're getting ready for end of year, there's this big part that, particularly, you know, when we're looking at processing jobs that there's a lot of cleanup and everything, which I consider completely out of scope when you're doing end of year because it should be already up to date. So then getting people and getting, um, you know, providers such as yourself in into the clients, we're not going to have that that problem. And so we actually get way more efficient and doing what we're great at, which is, you know, processing end of year, getting compliance and then getting better information so we can quickly react around the attacks, et cetera. Would you agree with that? And that's one of the, You know, when you work with accountants, that's one of the biggest areas that you see increasing the efficiency.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree with everything you're saying. um, And to support that, there are all the pieces of software available today to make any organisation efficient. However, those software still rely on human beings to actually do things. And whilst whilst human beings have choice, then they will always take. Generally, when it comes to financial administration, the easy road. Where what we're really focused on is our aim is to produce a good quality set of financial information. So then, when that financial information from a book from a financial administration is complete and it goes to the external accountant, that external accountant doesn't have to rework work, ask questions. Their their yields fundamentally should improve because the quality information that that, that they're receiving. So then, consequently, they're allowed to be efficient and don't have to do the re- don't have to do the rework. We're, Absolutely, and that's critical. And I guess the faster tax agents and external accountants embrace that activity, that uh, other organisations can make this process extremely efficient and accept that that information from a third party instead of doing it themselves they will actually in the end be efficient more efficient themselves and actually literally make more money because the rework is, the rework is less. But that is yeah, that is a notion that, that we continue to, to work on and and it's represented by the by the quality of work that we that we do. Uh, that we don't get the questions, we don't get the rework, we don't get the, the clarifications because the financial systems these days with the from a technology piece the information that allows you to store it there, so therefore the external accountant can access that information whenever they want, which is completely transparent, which is how you how you want to operate. You don't want to operate in these two silos, uh, whereas you know you have a financial administrator and then you've got the external accountant. You want people working together. So if we're as transparent as we possibly can be with all their information, it just makes that external accountant, the work that they do, a lot easier to do.
0: Can you just outline to me um, maybe how you work with accountants um, or how you see that this type of model works with accountants and what, what you really enjoy um, when you do actually work with them?
1: So I'll, I'll give you an example of something that's occurred in the last six to eight weeks, which, which is represented in the last 10 years. So we got introduced to a client by, by, their, by, their, by their external accountant an external accountant was taking a proactive approach to their to the client's work. And the client's work was very complex, a number of a number of uh, financial softwares. And because of how we work, that we know how the software works, we know how to deal with the volume of transactions efficiently, and an external accountant isn't necessarily geared up or structured that way, although the accountant has lost some revenue because we're now doing a piece of work. What it's actually allowed them to, the external account to do, is to create their capacity to actually do work for the remaining of their clients at their rate. So, yep. although they, although they, you know, they would significantly lost probably maybe fifty thousand dollars worth of revenue at the lower level, but the, their volume would have been high. It's allowed them now to go and do that part allow us to do what we're really good at, which is producing a quality quality financial file, which then allows them to go and do the the external planning, the business advisory part um, and, and that compliance part a lot easier than if they were in the business. Most in this situation, this external accounting and a sizable firm wasn't I mean, it's trying to be in the business, but they're not structured that way. And we're structured that way and i guess what i love about this for, for all of our staff it's like making a cake um so completing the uh, the financial administration is exactly like that it is messy it's messy at the start and you methodically work through your recipe which is your structure and you end up at making a cake and it tastes great and same in financial administration, you end up going through your processes, and you have a good, clean set of quality books that you can make decisions on, and the parties after it can do the work. And all of our staff are geared the same way. We like helping people. We like sol- we like solving problems. So that's what we really do. You know what we're best at doing is solving those problems that um, external accounts have or clients have. And one, if you and when you get that right, the Relationship between between Square Penny and the external account just just improves because everyone knows the expectation of what of what the, the two parties understand it to be. So the expectation is then higher because this is what it should be, and so your deliverables match that expectation. Uh, I also like it that if you don't deliver, um, you'll quickly you'll quickly found out. So I like that element of, as a business, I like that element of risk that you don't have any option but to deliver all the the time.
0: Absolutely. And I think there were a couple of key points there, particularly around the the data and the immediacy of of it, as you said, so you can actually then have good quality data that you can actually start being proactive, get in front of it. Because, I mean, one of the biggest blocks I always had with advisory was um, business advisory is waiting for the data and or you're basing decisions on data that's old. And then, you know, and we, you know, accountants that, you know, that's not our magic. Um, Our magic is obviously strategy, tax strategy, um, you know, getting end of year done um, super efficient so we can then leverage off other opportunities. But even if you're just a compliance firm who really just wants to do what you do fabulously, this makes so much sense because it's a, doing your style of business is actually a very different model from ours as well. And this gives more efficiency, you know, in that piece. So another thing that I, I think is kind of interesting that I'd like you to drill down is the, the, you know, when we talk about the words outsourcing and offshoring and everything, I think that there's a, a little bit of ambiguity with those words. So Could you just give me your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, so I see outsourcing as you act like that you're part of the client's culture by sitting in the sitting in the chair at the at the client at the client's workplace. However, your financial responsibility, your management responsibility, your accountability uh, is actually to another organization. So therefore, that's the outsourcing model that you're not responsible. There's no one you're not accountable to someone in that organization from an employee employer relationship. Fundamentally then you have you do have uh, two people that you're accountable. You're accountable for your work that, for the work that we do and making sure it complies, which is to uh, it's for the client. And then you've got the traditional employer-employer relationship with the outsourcing firm, where you're guided around your culture, your your, your ethics, your skill, your, your development, um, and where and where that comes from because. I guess if you're an employee and you're working for a business, sometimes you're limited by who your manager is, how they operate, how they manage. But if you operate in this outsourcing model and you're working with people that are there to guide you, develop your skill, because as you develop, you improve that skill and therefore you're, you're able to do better quality work for a client – that model works for the client because they don't have the responsibility of having to manage an employee, um, having to manage another human being, and anything associated with the downsides of, of employees. Whereas, and that gives them really great great comfort. You know, they can reduce the cost associated with recruitment. They don't have to worry about training. They, they don't have to worry about how they integrate
0: how they integrate in their culture
1: because we've done all that all that research. Now, then, then you take the other option we've got a completely Australian uh, Australian workforce. Then you take the option of offshoring. And offshoring is also difficult because offshoring typically is repeatable processes that don't require you to think and you can go as fast as you can to gain efficiency. And so offshoring, I don't believe, fundamentally works in a client that requires financial administration, which is – Covered in so many different areas. It's not just one one process. It might be one. It might be one activity of the process, but not necessarily all of their processes. And that's why I don't believe offshoring can really works for clients that require active arrangements. Unless you actually employ staff overseas and you have direct management lines. Well, that's just an employee-employer relationship anyway. So there's a clear distinction between the two for me.
0: Thank you. And I think that that's really important to get the distinction so we're very clear on on which model that we're talking about there. And I think you answered that really well. So we've kind of talked about what's worked well. Can you give us any examples with your outsourced model um, and working with accountants where there are some of the blocks or where things might not go as well and what you've learnt from that or what you've seen?
1: Yes, absolutely, and I think the uh, in, in this situation where it comes down to that relationship and the independence of the external accountant and where they and where they sit with uh, with the client. We have had a number of um, introductions from external accountants to clients, and the working relationships work works really well. However, if in the situation that that we face a number of times, we're in the clients, we're working with the clients and they may not necessarily be happy with their their external accounting. And so we're in in the middle of being the peacemaker between the external accountant and the client because it's always easier to keep your external accountant and work with them, have a conversation with them because it's much easier to maintain a client than lose a client. But there's been situations where uh, the external accounting hasn't been supportive the other way. And they've just decided to protect their fee base, uh, as opposed to working with the three parties—the client and us—and uh, ensuring that the client gets the best outcome. And that's been difficult. So when you leverage up your staff to build a relationship with an external accountant, and that doesn't come to fruition, you know, you quickly, you quickly lose uh, the volume of the clients that you're working with uh, if that external accountant isn't in unison with what your core values are and that's happened a couple of times a couple of times to us over the journey and you learn and you learn about that and you learn to build relationships moving forward and how they work sometimes you know uh, you want to get both the client and the external accountant you want to go too fast and sometimes you just got to go at the right speed to make sure you dot the i's and, and cross the t's instead of just trying to get the outcome which is having financial having your financial system ready to go to, to do the compliance piece so you have to pull the reins back and, and be courageous enough to have that conversation and sometimes people don't like to have those more meaningful conversations because it's you know, it's attacking. You can't, it can come across as attacking but you try, but you, you do your best to ensure that it comes across professional all the time
0: yeah, and I think you hit on something there and it doesn't matter where the collaborations are, whether it's staff or with an external provider such as yourself um, or, you know, internally is that we really need to, to be efficient at any of these collaborations. We need to be very clear on what our values are. So then when you're interviewing people or you're going to work with people, you've got a very clear decision-making um, decision matrix on that as well and then it's always also interesting to know your clients too because if you find that quite often the clients that you have the most uncomfortable relationships with don't line up with your values so this is another efficiency piece is you know long-term to have these long-term relationships is to be very very clear on your values and then how do you get those conversations going so you're clear on the the people that you're bringing into your network would you agree to that, that that's Probably what I heard from that is it's actually a breakdown in the mismatch of values there, not necessarily anything else. So you know there were a couple of words that were value orientated, which was um, courageous, which is one of my favourites, and curious. I, I heard as well, and very much the collaboration piece. And we're all in it. We're all in it. For the client, would you agree? I
1: totally agree, and, and that's what is the key. Now you can't work with every you can't work with everybody because the, everyone's value set is vastly different. But you hope that your core value set uh, is identified when you're having the conversation with people, and they understand what you stand, uh, they understand what you stand for, and then it allows you to work. And there's been a number of there's been a number of accounting relationships that, that haven't worked because of our value sets aren't the same, and that's yep. and that's all, comes, that's all it comes down to. It's not that we're doing a, 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 a we're doing a bad job or the external account's not a great communicator, whatever. It's just our core values are different. And yeah. so therefore you you have there there is that breakdown. But that's perfectly it's perfectly acceptable because we all as human beings can't work all with each other because we're just built we also built differently.
0: Absolutely. And 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 that's um I think one of the, the key softer efficiency pieces that we work on is is if you can get that up right right up front. And then you're not gonna spend time either courting or going down that path, particularly when you have clients involved as well, because then there's another another human involved that you don't want to go either way with. Fantastic. So um, how we normally end out these things is sort of some tips or tricks. So if you had to talk to accountants around the tips and the tricks that they could have either in their own business or dealing with clients, and they don't necessarily even have to be with um, the financial administration, you know, what would that be? Because you work, I know that you work extensively in our industry, and you know, what would those three tips be, particularly given what's going on at the moment?
1: I think uh, first and foremost, always be passionate about what you're doing. Uh, yep. I know it sounds obvious, but you know, uh, it's, it's quite a, a quite broad, my, more of a broad tip, but invest in quality systems. And I think with accounting with accounting firms. There has been this reluctance to move systems, to change systems because of you know, demographic or costs. And I think it's important to be progressive in progressive in those in those quality business systems, whether they're HR systems, whether they're, they're, they're tax systems um, and the compliance systems. So it's in, invest in those quality systems over a period of time and be open to them because there are efficiencies to gain out of it. They're not all perfect, but that's Okay. As long as you're getting the best out of out of the system, being current, you're always going to win. Seek the right support in your business. So don't necessarily go for the for the cheaper quality service provider because there's going to be there might be issues with that. Sometimes you need to overpay, get the service, and get it done because there's some greater efficiencies coming off it for you at a later later stage. And also, I think one of the other tips is really start having conversations with your staff around operating in the business, accountability, improving the systems, and then once you're getting that feedback, actually start to implement some of the improvements that your staff do provide in terms of feedback to you. Most of the time, the collective staff have the answers to all of our dilemmas, yet sometimes we're reluctant and we believe that our way is the right way and the reality is our way is just a way, but the collective way is the way. Um, I think they are more general business observations over the course of the last 20 years for me that, uh, are, that are really important and they and they ring true for the accounting industry as well.
0: Yeah, it's such a curious thing and absolutely with you. One of the big efficiency play, play pieces, which I think you're alluding to there, you actually have to take time to make time. So getting your staff um, involved in this and having conversations and then getting the systems right, actually going through that process is super important. I know we struggle with it because we're an alley, for dollar traditional style of business, but, you know, obviously going forward with that engagement of staff in the process systems and then the experts to help you bring it in. And, you know, I want to reiterate there from an efficiency point of view is make sure you understand the behaviours the processes first before you put in any system and make sure that that's the best system to you know, speak to your processes and there's lots of great system people and everything out there but for me it's that conversation and the behavior that piece first and then forward so great tips thank you Damien.
1: No problem Sam.
0: Thank you so much for your time as always a pleasure talking to you and for everyone else out there be brave and continue the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. To check out more information on all things Sam Dean and Blueprint, go to the website blueprinthq.com.au. And remember, continue the conversation and be brave. See you next time.